Well, hello and welcome, Living Word Chapel family. We are so glad that you joined us today. Man, there's a lot of there's a lot here. of excitement in here. It sounds sounds good. Love it. I love it. It's good to be excited when you're in the house of the Lord. Amen. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, if you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to welcome you as well, and we want to welcome you back if you have been gone. I know we have a special lady, don't normally do this, but Holly Dykes is back with us today, and we are glad to have her back. She moved away for a little while. Welcome back, Holly. Um, but you, if you're know, you know why we're saying this real quick? Yes. I just kind yes. of chime in? So Holly was just, uh, did a lot of things. She moved to the state of Washington, right? Oregon. Oregon. Washington, right. Oregon. Oregon. You know, and so she came back to dry up. <laughs> so it's good to have you back welcome back welcome back so if you're visiting with us for the first time make sure you stop by our welcome center where it says new here start here we have a free gift for you because you are a gift to us and if you're joining us online we want to welcome you as well amen so at lwc we we really value generosity because the god that we serve is a very generous god amen everything we have is because of him and so we make it easy for people to be generous, uh, whether it's through our online platform at lwconline.org, or it's in person at one of our uh, giving stations. As you're going out every door, there's a giving station. We do not receive an offering during the service. Uh, we want for people that are new here and everyone else as well to know that we never put any pressure for you to give. In fact, you are a gift to us today. So we thank God for you. Um, with this generosity, we're really excited because we do what we call a change for change kind of a campaign. Uh, so throughout the year, we select different causes to, to kind of put our collective efforts together and give. And so for the past maybe five, six years, we've been doing this Project Brad. And what we do is that students that are represented from different schools in our communities, North, notice the plural there, communities, we're able to give an iPad to one of the students for them leading with character and leading with the things that make uh, make a, the world a better place. And so uh, I don't know the exact amount that's come in so far, but we're gonna start buying iPads. And if you have not given and you wanna give, we'd love for you to, to give today. It's real easy, if you give online, just go to the Change for Change tab on the giving uh, platform and let's let's just join efforts together and let's bless some students so they can always remember how good God is. Well, speaking of graduation, we just want to recognize Pastor Mike West. He just graduated from GCU. And we are so excited because we're going to put him to work. Yeah. We're waiting for that. So the it's excuse time. has been, Mike, can you do this? Well, I got I to do a class. I got to do this. No more No excuses. more classes. That's no more it. Just kidding. He's great. Uh, awesome. And also, we are so excited that we are doing an in-person vacation Bible school this year. It was so hard last year. And all of you that clapped, sign up. We need your help. <laughs> to, I saw you. I saw the ones that clapped. You can sign up to volunteer and help us. We want to make it the best it can be this year. You can visit uh, our website online, 
um, our website, lwconline.org, and you can sign up there, or there's this form in the back where you can also volunteer as well. And we want to reach as many kids as we can. And I'm telling you, the adults have a lot of fun. It is a great time. So uh, we're going to be doing that June 22nd through 25th. We are going to do a four-day VBS. We used to do a five-day but we're shortening it a little and um, we're, we're excited. So I hope you will be a part of that. Pray for us. But if you can volunteer, we would love to have you on the team. So does anyone have kids? Raise your hand if you've got kids. All right. <laughs> what ages? <laughs> wait, 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 let me, get, oh, okay. let, me, let me work through this. Anyone have grandkids? Raise your hands. For those of you that didn't raise your hand, have you ever been a kid? Well, here, here's what I want us to do together. Let's invite kids to come to Vacation Bible School because their hearts are, they're yearning for the things of God. And I'm believing we're going to have over 100 kids that are going to be coming to this Vacation Bible School. We, we've, uh, we're getting ready for them. And I just believe that God has a word for them. Amen? So let's, let's go ahead and do that. And right now, at this time, whether you are online or you're here in person, it's time to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's why we're here. We're here because of Jesus Christ. And so if you'll stand up, we'll go to the Lord and Shauna will lead us in prayer as we offer up our praises to him. God, we thank you so much that you are here. Lord, we thank you that you are trustworthy. God, that you are faithful and that you are alive and well. God, we are here to give you all the glory and all the praise, no matter where we're at, God. Whether in the valley or we're on the mountaintop, Father, we wanna praise you this morning and give you all the glory because you are so worthy of it. So be with everyone. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Open the eyes and the hearts and the minds of people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. sound coming on the wind changing hearts and minds healing brokenness I feel a generation breaking through despair I hear a generation full of faith declare our song it will be out of the darkness we will rise and see he is faithful he is glorious and he is Jesus 
Here in your love, 
is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous and his yoke is easy and his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him to you. Yes, he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah!
All I can say is amen. You know, I believe that wholeheartedly. But I think that there are people that, uh, that don't. And, and so my, my question as I, as I talk to you here in first service and those of you that are joining us online, my question to you is, have you ever felt defeated? You ever gone through a time in your life where you just feel really low and you feel like if you are not going to make it through the day? Maybe even someone in here is contemplating in this dark place, you know, living. We received a, a, a well, we were watching some social media and a, a young lady who my wife taught in school as a choir, in, in, as a choir teacher, uh, was missing this week. And so our prayers went out to her and the family and our prayers are continually going out. But she ended up leaving a note and she uh, ended up taking her life. Have you ever felt defeated? Here, here's what I, I, I want us to know is that for a Christ follower, we can be assured a life of victory, a life where we can overcome the struggles that are our daily obstacles in life. And all of us have struggles. Anyone here in first service have any struggles going on right now or any battles going on in your life? We're in the book of Joshua right now, and, and we're seeing that, that Joshua is a book about battles, but the theme of the book is victory. It's the victory that we receive in God through Jesus, through Yeshua. Joshua was a representation of the Yeshua that would come later, and the Yeshua that would come later is Jesus Christ. And so I'm speaking to someone today that you are maybe in a very low place and a very difficult place in your life, but I want you to know that there's hope in Jesus. And there's victory in Jesus. And, and as Christians, we don't walk toward victory. We walk from victory. We, rock, we walk from a position where we are victorious because of what Christ has done on the cross at Calvary, and he conquered death. And he gave us a, a different identity, a different position. And we've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, and we're able to walk in newness of life. And it changes everything. So I don't know where you're at, but I know where I've been. And I know that this world tries to bring all kinds of difficulty into my life. And so this, this, this uh, Bible passage is going to fit just right as we go to Joshua chapter 11. And, and I want to talk about your victory being secure. Your victory being secure. Because I think a lot of times in life we, we, we walk or we live like, what if? Or is this maybe going to happen? But the reality, when you walk with God, when you live with God in your life, your victory is a security. And you can walk in the power of the Almighty. 
I've got three things that I want for you guys to consider this morning. The first thing is that God knows exactly what you're up against. God knows exactly what you're facing. Have you ever told someone or heard from someone them saying something like, you just don't know what I'm going through? You, you don't know what I'm facing. I have rehearsed those words myself. People don't know what I'm going through. They don't know what I'm facing. They don't know every detail that, that's going on in my life. And I want you to think with me, from a human perspective, that's exactly right. From a human perspective, from a human lens, that's exactly right. Most of us don't know what you're going through. We don't know every detail. Have you noticed that the, that the battle that you're having, whether it's a battle with illness or it's a battle with, with relationships or it's a battle with finances, that that battle is in layers? There's a lot of different components to that battle. It's not just your in-law that you're having trouble with. Well, first service don't have trouble with their in-laws, but second service, so they... Online, I know you guys don't have any trouble with your in-laws. I know I don't. My, my mother-in-law sitting right in the front row. Thank you, Jesus. But the reality is there's layers, right? There's, if you have a, 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 a going through a physical infirmity when you're going through some kind of a, a, a illness, it's not just one thing. It's a lot of things attached to it. If it's relationships, maybe someone you've been battling in your marriage, you've been struggling in your marriage, and it's, you'd love to say it's just one thing. But there's layers, and maybe there's trust that's been broken. Maybe there's different things that have happened. And, and, and so you're at this place where, where, where you just, you know, you, this animosity, this, this uh, you know, anger just begins to just spring up in your life, and you don't want that anymore. But that battle, no one knows what you're going through. But here's what I want you to be assured of. God knows every detail of your battle. He knows everything that you're going through. He knows every bill collector and collector that's calling you or that's on you. He knows that, that, that pressure that you feel from the enemy that's on the, the back of your neck, that the enemy's breathing down the back of your neck. You, anyone ever felt that in your life? He knows it. And so we go to Joshua chapter 11, and it really helps us to, to see the reality of what I'm saying, the truth that God knows everything. 11 uh, verse 1, chapter 11 verse 1 goes like this. It says, when King Jabin of Hazor heard what had happened, he sent messages to the following kings, King Jobab of Madon, the king of Shimron, the king of Akshaph, all the kings of the North Hill Country. Remember that Joshua had gone to the South Hill Country and he had defeated all the kings there. Now the Northern kings are coming after him. And it goes on and it says, uh, uh, the kings of the Jordan Valley, South of Galilee, the kings of the Galilean foothills, the kings of Naphtodor uh, on the West, the kings of Canaan, both East and West, the kings of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Jebusites, the Resites, the Martinezites, and the Gonzalezites. Oh, that's not there. 
those are the ones that I faced in Chinatown, Lordsburg, New Mexico. But they should be there. The, 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 the Jebusites in the hill country, the Hivites in the towns on the slopes of Mount Hermon in the land of Mizpah. Do you see how in these three verses, the writer of Joshua, he takes careful account of all the Israelites were facing. He, he, he could have said, you know, King Jabin of Hazor and all his cronies and just simplified everything. Or on their side of the tracks, King Hazor of, uh, or King Jabin of Hazor uh, and all his homies. But he didn't. He talked about every one of them that they were facing. And here's what we need to know is that whatever you are facing right now, God takes it into account. There's nothing that gets by him. There's nothing that he's missing. There's nothing that, that, is, uh, that, 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 that he doesn't know about. He, he knows every, every uh, minute that you lose in sleep. He knows every, I'm speaking to myself now. He knows every tear that you may cry. He knows all the anger that you're going through. He knows the anxiety that you face. He knows all the stress that you have. Jesus cares about every detail in our lives. He cares. He measures the battle that we have. You see, the God, the God that we serve is a God who measures everything. There's nothing that gets by him. I, I, I default to the, the creation account. And in the creation account, it tells us the Holy Spirit was hoovering over the face of the earth. In fact, it says this in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It says, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hoovering over the surface of the water. And the very next verse says, that God spoke and said, let there be light. And everything was changed in that dark existence, in that place that had no, no form and no structure. God said, let there be light. And I don't know what dark battle that you're in, but I know we serve a God of light who's there for us when whatever we face, and he'll shine the brightness of Christ into every nook and cranny in these battles that we face and illuminate the goodness of God even when it's bad. Even when it's bad, God will illuminate his goodness to give us hope and to help us. So you may, you may be in a place right now where you feel like there's no structure, like things are just formless and things are just dark, but there's Jesus Christ. There's Jesus Christ, and he wants to come in, and he wants to change things, and he's the only one that can, and he wants you to know that you're not alone. You know, it, it, as we read on in the, in the narrative in, in chapter 11, we go to verse 4. It says, all these kings came out to fight, and they combined armies. They formed a vast horde. 
And with all their horses and chariots, they covered the landscape like the sand of the seashore. In other words, it wasn't going to be a small, it wasn't going to be a small enemy. The kings joined forces and established their camp around the water near Muram to fight against Israel. And when you do a little bit of research, you can read like the, the Jewish historian uh, um, Josephus. He tells us that the, the Canaanites consisted of about 300,000 foot soldiers, about 10,000 horses, about 20,000 chariots. And so in their mentality, in their mind, this enemy said, we are going to take the Israelites out. But God, <laughs> but God, see, hear me. You see, you may be facing a battle right now that you've got enemies against you and they've got a team, they've got many and you say, I don't know how I'm going to win this. I'm going to tell you, but God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that we could ever think or ask for everyone that's called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus. And that work, that work comes through the church. That work comes through the Lord. Is that my phone? That's the Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's not my phone. But it must be important if they're calling you. It must be important. Here's what, here's what we know is that um, that's so important to us, that passage right there, because they came out with horses and chariots. And, and the way of the world at that time, the might and power of an empire was noted through their horses and their chariots. And as we, as we see this going on, God is going to instruct Joshua and the Israelites for them not to uh, conform themselves to the ways of the world because one of the tendencies that we have is to battle the way the world does instead of trusting in the mighty name of our God. And, and you may, man, that must be really important because they're calling twice. And you, you may be here right now and you may be pulled to battle the way the world battles, and God would tell you right now, trust him and him alone. Because let me say something. Here's the second thing I want us to grab a hold of. God's action is as sure as his word. I, I want you to pick up your Bible, pick up your, if you don't have a Bible, pick up that, that handout that has scriptures on it that, I, that we hand it to you, or, or pick, out, pick up your Bible app on your phone, Pick it up, and I want you to, to ask yourself a question. How many of you that are reading this book, you read it with, with confidence? Do you believe that the words that are written here in this book are as true today in your life as they were when they were written? Do you believe that, that when God says something, he's going to do something? Because we have to grab a hold of the fact that, that what God says comes straight from the mouth of God. God breathed, and when, when we grab a hold of what God says being true, we believe that God is a God of action, not just words. Because the difference between that and everything else is just religion and philosophy. If you come to church just to hear a message that's going to give you three points and don't believe in the power of the living God, you can go to a social club to get that. 
If you're watching here today, and, and you need to know this, that, that God is speaking, that his word is being spoken today, and he's using this, you know, this Hispanic Latino from, from you know, Chinatown, Chinatown of all places in Lordsburg, New Mexico, that, that he took someone out of the, of the mud. He reached way deep down and reached them out. And I said, I want you to speak the oracles of God. I want you to speak the life of God into the life of people. And, and can I tell you something, that his words are not just words. They're words of action. And they change our battles. Someone asked me the other day, how you doing, Pastor? Because they knew that we've been going through a battle. I said, I'm, I'm standing and believing the promises of God. I'm standing and I believe the promises of God. I believe that the God that we serve doesn't change. No matter what the battle is, the battles change. The days get difficult but my God is steadfast. And so I believe that everything that he says, he can do. So here's what, here's what the Lord spoke to, to Joshua in verse six. Then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. Do you remember what I said about that, that phrase, do not fear, or do not be afraid, or fear not? It's used, uh, it's used 365 times in the scriptures. How many days in a year? There's a do not be afraid for every day of your year. God wants us to walk in confidence. He says, do not be afraid of them. By this time tomorrow, I will hand all of them over to Israel as dead men. Who, who's going to do that? God, I will hand all of them over to Israel as dead men. Then, and this is important, then you must cripple their horses and burn their, their chariots. What he's saying in the literal is you must hamstring their horses. You must cut that major tendon in the back of the knee and wound them so they're not fit for battle anymore because here's the thing, Joshua. Here's the thing, Israel. Here's the thing, Living Word Chapel Oracle. Here's the thing, online campus, is that God doesn't want for us to trust in horses and don't trust in chariots, but we must trust in the name of our God because once you start trusting in horses and chariots, once you start trusting in the, in, ooh, I'm gonna be careful here, in the one who sits in the Oval Office or the one who sits on the governing seat, once you start trusting in them, you take your eyes off of the one that sits on the throne of heaven. The one who sits on the throne of heaven is never dethroned and he never loses a battle. No matter what we go through, God is with us. And if God is with us and God is for us, then who can be against us? Right? The psalmist, he, he, he uh, defaulted back to that to reiterate to the Israelites and to reiterate to every follower of Christ in Psalm 20, verse 7, it says, some will trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Lisa Turkist, wonderful woman of God, she said this. She said, God never intended for us to rely on others 
for our sense of well-being. Only he is equipped to provide that. Let me, let, me, let me say something to you that's important. When I came to Christ 27, almost 28 years ago, when Sean and I came to Christ, our marriage was in shambles. Our marriage is strong now by the grace of God. Our, our marriage is a victorious marriage by, by, the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. No matter what we face. But I remember this. I remember as the Lord began to work on our hearts and as he, as he began to, to, to establish us in this, in the word of God, as he began to, to, to pour into us through, through God-loving people. I'll never forget this, that the Lord really spoke to us that we needed to trust not each other per se, but we needed to trust the Lord working in us. You see, it, I don't want Shauna to trust James Reese because I am very, very faulty in myself. But I want her to trust the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit that works in my life. And anytime that you put your eyes on people, you know, there may, I may be speaking to someone here today. Anytime that you put your eyes on people, that you, that you say, my husband would never do that. My wife would never do that. My kids would never hurt me. Ooh, boy. My neighbor would never do that to me. Right? My employer would never do that to me. Any time that you put your trust 100% in someone outside of God, you're setting yourself up for failure because there's one who's reliable and his name is Jesus Christ. And as long as he's in the picture, as long as he's working in your life, then you're gonna be in good hands. See, the, the, the Israelites, they, they, they were in Egypt for years in captivity and in bondage, and they learned the ways of the Egyptians. Have you, have you ever been in, 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 a, in, a, in proximity of, of, of something that's, that's toxic? And, and, and you begin to pick up those habits, those toxic habits. You begin to default to them. You're raised in a family that maybe they didn't have any God in their lives and they did things that were godless and and you didn't even want to live that way, but you find yourself living in a way that's toxic. And even when you come out of it, you default. When things begin to get difficult, you default to the things that are toxic. That's why God said, I want you to hamstring these horses. I don't want you to trust in them because if you do, you're going to take your eyes off of me. So the prophet Isaiah speaking into the Israelites' life, he says this. He says, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but they do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. What he's saying is that it's no, people are notorious for defaulting back to the ways of the world, to the strength of the world, to the stock of the world, to the, to the, to the empires and the nations of the world for their strength when the strength will only be found in God. Only in God. He goes on to verse three and he says, now the Egyptians are human and they're not God. Can I tell you something? Everyone in the United States is merely human. They're not God. Everyone in Mexico, everyone in, 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 in Israel, everyone in, in, you know, in, in Palestine, Palestine, wherever, they're only human. 
Our eyes need to be kept on God. He says, now the Egyptians are, are, are human and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. So the Lord will stretch out his hand, and any helper will stumble, and one who is helped will fall, and all of them will come to an end together because God does not and cannot and will not give his throne to anyone outside of him. It teaches us, beloved, hear me now. It teaches us when we trust, we trust the Lord. Can I tell you what happens when you begin to trust the Lord? When you begin to, to, to just wholeheartedly rely on his goodness that he's gonna get you through no matter what battle you're facing? Can I tell you what happens? you begin to follow his ways. You, you, you don't default to your ways. You don't, you don't default to the ways of this world. You, there's a scripture that says, do not conform yourself to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the way that you think, the way that you, the way that you think will be the way that you act. So I, I, can, I can say a lot to you, but the reality is that the way that you're thinking, if you don't change the way that that's programmed, if you don't begin to cleanse your mind with the word of truth, this is the word of truth here. Do you notice that this doesn't change no matter what's going on in society? You know, when people say, we, you know, you, you, you're, you, there's gender wars, there's all these things going on, God doesn't have a hard time figuring out your gender. He, he really doesn't. You know, it's not like God says, I'm, I'm very confused here. He says, you're male or you're female. He, he calls us to, to this place, and, and truth has to be our guide because the battle goes on to try to lead us away from the, from the precepts, from the principles of God Almighty. And as long as we default to, to his way, then we will stay in a way where we'll follow his ways because if you don't get to the place in your battles, and we have battles constantly, and those battles are there. They're, they're actually allowed by God to make us trust in him, but they're also there to, the world's gonna try to pull you and your allegiance away from the one that really cares about you. And here's the third thing that I want us to, to understand, that overcoming defeat comes through a simple victory model. And I'm gonna say a word to you, and I know some of you guys aren't gonna like it, because I don't always like this word, but it's supposed to, without this, you will never have victory in your life. You want the word? Obedience. Obedience. Obedience is not your salvation, it's your victory. His obedience is your salvation. What Jesus did for you is your salvation. What, 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 what Yeshua has done, he conquered your enemy on the cross. He rose from the dead. He gives you life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give you life to the full. I have come to give you life and give you life abundantly. But your obedience is, is, is hinged to your victory. There was a king of Israel, the first king. His name was Saul. 
And Saul was this, was this, this great stature, this mighty king. And everyone looked to him like, this guy's is, guy is amazing. But King Saul, what happened to him is he began to, to do things, and he started to do things in his own volition. He started doing things in his own uh, philosophy, in his own intellect, in his own strength, in his own power. So one day, he said, you know what? Samuel's not here. Let's worship. Let's sacrifice. He wasn't supposed to do that. He was disobedient to the things of God, and God spoke to him, and he said, I desire obedience not over-sacrifice. You know, it's one thing for us to, to say we love God. It's another thing for us to follow the ways of God. Amen? And so our victory, here, this is important to us because we don't do it in our own strength and our own abilities. You're thinking right now, I, I don't know if I can do it. Here's what I want you to know. You can do it. If God says you can be obedient through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do it because he will work in you and through you because God wants victory in your life. God wants victory in my life. How did, how did the, 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 the book of Joshua, how did it start? How did it start with, with uh, after he said, be strong and courageous? I will be with you no matter what you're facing. And then they go into their first battle. Let's think about the first battle. How did it start? What was the genesis there? He said, those walls in Jericho, they're going to fall. But I want you to walk around the city. I want you to think with me. All of us want the walls of Jericho to fall in our lives. But not everybody is willing to walk around the city. Are you with me? All of us want the battle in our life to be won, but not all of us want to walk and take the steps through the power of God, no matter how foolish it looks, no matter how people are gonna, no matter what they're gonna say about me. Not everyone is willing to be obedient. But your victory never comes until you're obedient to the things that God has called us to do. How, how many of us want victory in our marriage? And if you're, a, if you're a husband, you better raise your hand right now. You want victory over your, in your marriage, right? How many of us are willing to default to the word of truth where it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church? How many of us are willing to sacrifice everything in our marriage, all, our, all the things that we want, all the desires that we want so that our wives will be treated like God would have them be treated? How many wives would default to the word of truth that says, wives, respect your husbands? Treat them, treat them different than the other men in the community, the other men in the block the other men at the social club, treat them different, respect them, and let them know that they're special in God's eyes and in your eyes. You see, a lot of people want victory in marriage, but, but we, we struggle at times loving our wives like Christ loved the church. We struggle at times, but when you're obedient to that, your marriage will thrive. How many of us want to have victory in our finances? Uh, we want to have victory over our finances. And, and you, you have to be obedient to the word of God. 
And the word of God says that a borrower is a slave to the lender. But how many of us say, you know, we want to have our finances fixed, but we're just going to go get another loan. We're going to fix everything. Someone uh, asked us uh, at our real men gathering the other night, they, they said, Pastor, so am I hearing correctly that you guys are debt free? And I said, yeah, both campuses were debt free. We have no debt here. Uh, I said, you know, we, we, we made an initiative we, about 10, 15 years ago to, to say, let's just pay everything else off and, and live debt free. But, but the only way that you do that is through obedience and saying, we're going to trust you, Lord, to bring everything in and we're going to be obedient to pay the debt off. And the word of God tells us that we can do it because God is with us. Amen. And he'll bring the right people on the ship, on the boat, on the, in your place, your husband, your wife. You work together to get yourself out of that mess that you're in. And then there'll be, there'll be peace of mind. There'll be peace in your life. The fights will stop in that manner. But we have to be obedient to allow the Lord to direct us. You know, I think about um, how... Many people struggle with, with, with lust. And, and when I talked to real men, you know, we were talking about this on, on Thursday. And we, we, you know, I said, real men. Men are visually stimulated. Women, you need to know that. Women are emotionally stimulated. So women, you treat them right and they're, they're, they're oh, I love this guy. Right? I don't care what he looks like. He's just so nice. Right? Men, I don't care how you treat me, how you look in, right? So we want to we fight. We want to fight these battles. And so we're battling lust and we're battling these things. Well, here's what the word of God says. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. How, how can a young man, how can a young man overcome the, the lust? Uh, I, I say this all the time, Job 31.1, you know? I made a covenant with my eyes not to look in lust at a young woman. Here's the thing about it. There's going to be young women. There's going to be women. And, and, and you're going to look, but you make a covenant with your eyes that you're going to say, you know what? I'm not going to go there. Lord, you, you created me to be visually excited and stimulated. But Lord, by your grace and by your mercy, you allow for me by your power and through your word that I can just look another way and have eyes for my wife. And then you have victory over that. You've got victory over all the battles that you're facing because God's word is true. See, this word is true. And all the things that we're hearing, you know, outside of, outside of the word can lie to us, can tell you, you know what, you can battle this way. You really, it's okay for you to look. It's okay for you to turn on the TV and do this and that. And we all have these battles. We have to trust in the word of God and be obedient to the word of truth. It says, flee from immorality. Flee. But how many times do we, you know, we know that's dangerous right there, but we crawl out of there. Like slow. But the Bible gives us a guide and how we can have victory. And, and, and every one of us, every one of us has a battle. Why did God tell the Israelites, cripple the horses? Because the Israelites were going to be tempted to win the battle the world's ways. 
And let me tell you something, oh, beloved people of God, that we will never win our battles the world's ways. We will only win our battles through the power of Jesus Christ. It's the only way. Verse 10 says this, Joshua then turned back and he captured Hazor and he killed its king. Hazor had at one time been the capital of all these kingdoms, so it was a metropolis. The Israelites completely destroyed every living thing in the city, leaving no survivals. Not a single person was spared, and then Joshua burned the city. Do you see how the, the, the theme of obedience in this book, and, and we see that God is calling us to be obedient. See, God's going to give you the victory. Here's what I want you to know. God will give you the victory, but you need to be obedient to the things he's called us to so that you can walk in this victory. Amen? He doesn't want you to go back to the, to the ways that you lived. He doesn't want you to go back to the ways of the world. Verse 12, Joshua slaughtered all the other kings and their people completely destroying them just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. But the Israelites did not burn any of the towns built on mounds except Hazor, which Joshua burned. And the Israelites took all the plunder and livestock and, and the ravaged, uh, of the ravaged towns for themselves, but they killed all the people, leaving no survivors as the Lord had commanded his servant Moses. So Moses commanded Joshua. And Joshua did as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands that the Lord had given to Moses. Jesus said this, to his disciples, right before he was ready to leave. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And the only commandment that Jesus gave us is for us to love the Lord our God with our, all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, and to walk in the, in the, in the love of God, amen, and to trust him in whatever we face because he's going to give us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would empower us, and he does empower us to overcome anything that we're facing in our life today. The book of Joshua is a book about real estate. God says to them, go and possess the land a land filled with milk and honey. What he's saying is, this land that I'm giving you, you're not going to have any need. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you everything you need. I want you to think about this with me. It's a book of real estate. But there's another person, another entity in life that wants to take real estate from your life. And his name is Satan. And the more real estate you give him in your life, the more he'll take. Have you noticed that? The enemy will take your dignity. The enemy will take your, your um, he'll take your self-worth. The enemy will come into you, into your life, and he'll cause you to think you're losing your mind. He takes and he takes and he takes. I was talking to a young man just a couple weeks ago. And I said something to him that someone had said to me, which is very wise. When you get into addiction, you get into drug addiction, one of the things that the enemy will do is he'll, he'll take you so far that you will lose who you are, especially up here. 
And I said to him, I said, right now you still have your mind. But he'll take that too if you keep giving him more and more and more. See, life is about real estate. We're either going to walk and possess everything that God has for us in the land that he has for us. He's prepared it for for you and for me. Or you're going to give the enemy of your soul a way in where he takes and he takes and he takes. The choice is ours. But here's what I want for you to leave with. Here's how I want us to close. That Jesus Christ came to give you back everything the devil has stolen from your life. If he's stolen your identity and you feel like if your self-worth is gone, Jesus will give it back to you because he says in him you're a new creation. The former things have passed, you've become new. If you think that your mind is out of control, you can't, you, you can't process thinking, you're anxious, you're fearful, you have irrational thoughts, he's giving you the mind of Christ. And in the mind of Christ, there's clarity, there's structure, and there's order. And if you're at a place where you feel dark, and your world seems dark, he came to illuminate the light of the world and to change you from the inside out. And I would hate for anyone to leave this morning without saying yes to Jesus. It's when we say yes to Jesus that we receive everything that God has for us. And that is as easy as A, B, C. How many of you know your ABCs? The A means that you have to admit that you're lost without God. You admit that you're a sinner, that you fall short. The B is you believe in someone who's greater than you. You believe in the one who's trustworthy and his name is Jesus Christ. And the C is you confess him as your Lord and your Savior. And you choose to follow him from this day forward. And I know that there's someone, whether it's online or whether it's right here in this service, there's someone, if not many, that God is calling you to this next step in your life. So I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to join me in praying this prayer. It's simple, just God, I need you in my life. Today, Lord God, I I declare that I'm, I'm tired of trying to do life without you. I admit, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And so I believe, put my trust in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus went to the cross at Calvary and died for all of my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And so today I confess him. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I choose to follow him from this day forward. Lord, I abandon religion. I abandon philosophy. I abandon trusting myself. I abandon trusting others. I today choose to trust in the name of the Lord my God. In Jesus' name I pray. And I'd like for everyone to keep your heads bowed. And this is just between you and God. It's just simple. You're just going to agree with what you've done and 
and let God see that you've made that choice. So if you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand and just say, hey, that's me. Amen, bro, I see that hand. Beautiful. Yes, I see your hand, dear lady. Anyone else? That's beautiful, guys. Thank you, God, for how good you are. If you're watching online, I'd love for you to, on the comments, for you to just put, I said yes to Jesus. Or you can put the hallelujah emoji, the praise hands up. And we just thank the Lord for how good he is as we have two individuals today that said yes to Jesus in person. And how many, who knows how many more online. Can we give God a big hand right now? Now, when I was growing up, you know, one of the big things, we, we used to have a parties and, and we used to do cumbias. Anyone in here ever done a cumbia? See, that's what they're doing in heaven right now. God throws a party whenever we come to Jesus. And I know there's a party going on in heaven. So because of that, let there be a party going on at Living Word Chapel. Let's stand up. Let's praise the king because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. And, and, and before the praise team starts, if you prayed that prayer, Mike and Ruth, would you, would you mind coming up? Pastor Mike and Ruth are here, and they would love to speak to you. If you, if you raised your hand, and they're going to give you some, um, uh, some help as you navigate your next steps. Um, they want to pray with you. They want to be there as a source of strength. And anyone else that maybe you want to talk to, Pastor Mike and, and Ruth, they're, they're going to be in the prayer room right there, and uh, they'll be waiting for you, and they have good things for you. God is amazing. Let's give Jesus a big hand again because he's worthy. When it couldn't feel me Man's empty praise And treasures that fade More never You came along Put me back together And every desire is now satisfied here in the life. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. Failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, 
is better than you. Well, I hope you guys have a beautiful day. God bless. Stay safe. We'll see you next week.